Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Hi, and welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Today, I am talking about sexual assault. Some of what I'm going to discuss can be sensitive. It could be triggering if you yourself have experienced sexual assault. The reason I chose to explore this topic is because women are the primary victims of sexual assault And often it goes unreported, and yet the impact, the effects long-term can last a lifetime and can create feelings of anxiety and depression, and the reactions from community can intensify those feelings. In the news, there's been a lot of discussion around reportings of sexual assault that happened many years ago. And there is some disbelief about whether these reports are true and some shaming of the victims or the survivors who are now coming forth to share their stories. I've heard comments on social media and in the news, you know, if, if this happened, why didn't they share this when it happened? But there's a lot of reasons and there's research around why women don't report. But before we get to that, I just wanted to offer some background information on sexual assault and the impact on women, but also just the prevalence So what is sexual assault? According to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, or RAIN, the term sexual assault refers to sexual contact or behavior that occurs without explicit consent of the victim. And some forms of sexual assault include attempted rape, fondling, or unwanted sexual touching, forcing a victim to perform sexual acts such as oral sex or penetrating the perpetrator's body and penetration of the victim's body, also known as rape. So how does sexual assault differ from rape? I think it depends on the interpretation, but according to the FBI, rape is defined as penetration no matter how slight of the vagina or anus with any body part or object or oral penetration by a sex organ of another person without the consent of that victim. So rape could be considered a type of sexual assault, but sexual assault encompasses all forms of sexual coercion, whether there's actual penetration or not. From my own story, I experienced sexual assault at a very young age. I've been sexually harassed many times throughout my life. I've been sexually coerced 
on dates or being pressured to go on dates. And I worked in an environment that I considered friendly and um, supportive, and yet there were moments when I felt unsafe around the men who worked in that environment. I had an experience in college. I was working at a local restaurant, and I had dated or gone out with one of the guys that worked there, and he had shared some very personal information about me, about my body with the other guys at the restaurant. And so they were teasing me. I was the only person back in the kitchen, and they were teasing me about this. And at one point, they decided to grab my arms and were threatening to unbutton my blouse to discover if what this guy had said was true. And I remember getting angry, and they stopped. You know, nothing happened, but that's not really the point. The point was I felt unsafe. I felt threatened. And I felt betrayed by this guy, but also by the other guys that were there because I considered them my friends. And although they stopped, no one ever apologized. None of them ever said they were sorry. They looked sheepish or embarrassed maybe that they had done this to me, but no one ever said they were sorry. So why am I sharing this? Well, I've never told that story before. I have never shared that experience. When it happened, I was embarrassed. There was a part of me that felt like, well, if my body were different, then maybe that wouldn't have happened. I thought that maybe it was my fault because I had gone out with this guy and been intimate with him. I wasn't sure anyone would believe how hard it was, how embarrassing it was, how shameful it was. But I can tell you, I remember who was there. I remember their names. I can picture what I was wearing. And it's a very clear find memory. And it happened over 30 years ago. And this is the first time I've talked about it. And so why don't we? Why don't we talk about it? Why don't we share? But before I get to that, I just want to give you some statistics, some numbers about how prevalent sexual assault or rape is in our culture, in our world, in the U.S. So most often, college-age students, whether they're in college or not, ages 18 to 24, particularly women, are more likely to be sexually assaulted than women of any other age. 11.2% of all students experience 
rape or sexual assault through physical force, violence, or incapacitation. 11.2%. Undergrads, 23.1% of females and 5.4% of males experience rape or sexual assault through physical force, violence, or incapacitation. Those are huge numbers. Whether or not you're a student, if you're college age, you are more likely to be sexually assaulted. That's the prevalence. And in fact, for male for males, non-college-aged adults are at a higher risk for sexual violence. Each year, over 300,000 victims of rape or sexual assault occur in the United States. An estimated 17.7 million American women had been victims of attempted or completed rape as of 1998. 82% of all juvenile victims are female, and 90% of adult rape victims are female. Females ages 16 to 19 are four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault. And if you're a woman of color, that incidence increases. 40 to 60% of black women reported being subject to coercive sexual contact by the age of 18. Now, I don't want to overwhelm you with numbers but the numbers are important. And the flip side of that is that often women don't come forward. They don't report. They don't take these sexual assaults or coercive acts to law enforcement. So why not? There's a lot of reasons. But only 20% of the female student victims ages 18 to 24 report to law enforcement. Only 32% of non-student females make that same report. So why not? Oftentimes, Reporting to law enforcement can be a difficult experience. Women are often shamed or blamed or made to feel that the sexual assault had something to do with their own behaviors, something that they did or wore or said or expressed or just being there made you at fault. Dr. Courtney Ahrens has done a lot of research on why women don't report, but also what, what their experiences are when they do report and how that impacts them. She says that anywhere from one quarter to three quarters of survivors 
receive negative social reactions from at least one member of their informal support network. So a huge percentage of women aren't getting positive messages or supportive messages around reporting sexual assault. It can have detrimental consequences, according to Dr. Ahrens, as they're subjected to further trauma at the hands of the very people they turn to for help. So not only are they feeling bad about reporting, then it makes it harder for them to want to go forward with prosecution or reporting to police. And oftentimes it stops victims from talking about it ever again until maybe years later, something comes up and they feel the need to share their story. But this also stops them from getting help. It also stops them from getting positive support and therapy and understanding that the sexual assault was not their fault. Dr. Ahrens also points out that unlike other crimes, such as burglary and assault, rape survivors must prove not only that the crime did in fact occur, but that they had no role in its occurrence. So not only do we have to prove that it happened, we have to say it wasn't my fault, and you have to believe me. So what's the impact of being sexually assaulted, not be able to share or be believed when you report that you've been sexually assaulted? It can have long-term effects on your mental health, on your physical health, and on your relationships. 94% of women who are raped experience symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder during two weeks following the rape. 30% of women report symptoms of PTSD nine months after the rape. 33% of women who are raped contemplate suicide. 13% of women who are raped attempt suicide. Approximately 70% of rape or sexual assault victims experience moderate to severe distress, a larger percentage than for any other violent crime. People who have been sexually assaulted are more likely to use drugs than the general public. So, if sexual assault is having these long-term mental health effects on survivors, why aren't they coming forward? Why aren't they telling their story when it happens? Why aren't they sharing or going to law enforcement to get support? So some of the reasons people don't, women don't come forward and men don't come forward and report sexual assault either to anyone or go forward with prosecution and talking to law enforcement is that the reactions from medical personnel and law enforcement, friends, families, supporters can often be negative or blaming or shaming. The victim comes away feeling like it was their fault that they had some part of it or that it would be worse if they came forward and shared their story. They're often afraid that no one will take them seriously. 
And maybe if they don't remember what happened, if they were drinking or had taken drugs, and they don't remember clearly that something happened, they don't feel as if it's worth telling their story because they won't be believed. If the interaction, initial interaction is with medical personnel or law enforcement, and they're not taken seriously, it's more likely that they're going to turn inward and not share their story any further. Sometimes they don't want to put themselves through the legal channels. Maybe they have a friend or they understand what it would be like to have to tell their story and face the perpetrator in court. There are often threats or pressure from social groups if the person that sexually assaulted you was a friend or a part of a prominent social group potentially on campus. There can be threats that if you go forward, this will ruin your social standing, or you don't want to make this poor person suffer for what they'll have to go through if you report. Oftentimes, also most importantly, is that the victims don't want to have to relive it. They don't want to tell the story again, because that means they have to think about it. So recently, with all the news around sexual assault being reported from high school and college, the American Psychological Association president, Jessica Henderson Daniel, released a statement And she says, a lack of reporting does not mean an assault or attempted assault did not happen or is exaggerated. Research demonstrates that false claims of sexual assault are very low, between 2 and 7%. This tells us that far more women are assaulted and don't report than women who make false claims. She goes on to say, While memory of past day-to-day events is often poor, research has shown that memory of traumatic events is stored differently in the brain. Some memories are so emotionally charged that they become frozen in time, and some particulars can be recalled in excruciating detail as if the event just occurred, while others may be forgotten. Dr. Courtney Ahrens also did a study on why victims don't come forward, and she says, this is quoted from her research, in the current study, survivors describe police, medical staff, counselors, and pastors who laughed at their account of the assault, were cold and unsympathetic, and overly blamed them for the assault. For three of the survivors in her study were silenced as a direct result of the accumulation of blaming, insensitive, and ineffective reactions from from the community system and personnel, and that led them to question the effectiveness of their disclosure. There is so much blame and shame that occurs around sexual assault What did I do that caused this person to think it was okay to do that to me? And the answer is nothing. The answer is it's not your fault. Know that it's not your fault. 
If you were sexually assaulted, it's important for you to get to a safe place. And again, know that it's not your fault. That you do have choices. You can choose to report to law enforcement or not. You can choose to get medical treatment or not. You can choose to tell your story or not. Often, crisis workers will encourage you to get medical help. And that's important because you may have gotten a sexually transmitted disease. There may be injuries after the assault that need tending. You can get the morning after pill if that is something that feels right to you. And you have the possibility of getting a forensic exam or what often is described as a rape kit. The purpose of a forensic exam is to gather DNA information that could identify the perpetrator. It's useful for law enforcement, but the exam itself can be difficult. They are going to be probing and swabbing you to gather that evidence. So that's something that you would want to have information about before you said yes or no. But again, it is your choice whether you choose to get, whether you decide to get that exam. And if you are sexually assaulted, know that there is help. There is help. There is support that is effective and non-blaming and non-shaming. The National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. If you call that number, it will connect you with a local provider in your area for sexual assault. So I think my takeaway that I would like to offer for this podcast is that you are believed, you are heard, you are seen, whether you choose to talk about it or not, whether you choose to share your story or not, I believe you, I see you, I hear you, I support you. We need to change the culture of blaming and shaming in our society and throughout the world for sexual assault victims and survivors. It's important to support them and believe them. Know that there's help. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Woman Warriors. I know sometimes um, difficult subject matter can be hard to hear and hard to listen to, but I felt it was important to address. I felt it was important to share my story. I felt it was important to normalize that when sexual assault occurs, more often than not, victims aren't sharing. They aren't reporting to law enforcement. They're not telling their story again and again. But when they do, it's important to believe them. I hope you have a great week. I appreciate the followers and the supporters and the subscribers to my podcast. So know that I thank you and appreciate your 
being a part of this. So ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.